0: Rochester today with Andy Brownell and Tom Ostrom on News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good morning and welcome back from a holiday weekend everybody. It's Andy Brownell along with Tom Ostrom. Good morning Tom. Good morning Andrew. It is a abbreviated Rochester Today program. The Minnesota Twins have a double header today in Detroit so the pregame show starts at 1130 this morning so We'll try to cram in as much program as we can before we have to break away for the twins. And I guess, Tom, we'll start with the mailbag. Okay. Uh,
1: Dr. Fauci really did say this. Uh, It's a political cartoon uh, by Gary Varvel. He did say this, but then they got Trump inserted into it. And uh, Fauci is saying, if Trump wins in 2024, I'll quit my job. And Trump was saying, "I approve of this message." <laughs> Nancy Pelosi, the Babylon B satire. Nancy Pelosi draws up articles of impeachment against the Pope. <laughs> Nancy has been prohibited from taking communion by her Archbishop in San Francisco, and and several uh, arch, several bishops have endorsed what the California Bishop did and of course Pelosi's furious about it and so the Babylon Bee has her saying and she did say something along this line after being denied communion by the Archbishop in her home city of San Francisco uh, on her public stands on abortion Pelosi has retaliated against the suit by introducing articles of impeachment against the Pope. The Pope, the Eucharist is a high crime. The Pope does not have that authority, uh, even though I challenged uh, church doctrine. And uh, and then remember when Pelosi said we have to pass Obama's legislation to find out what's oh, in yeah. it? So the Babylon B is saying, I have to try to uh, impeach the Pope or I have to... Uh, just to see if we can do it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you know,
0: it's been kind of fascinating to watch that whole thing take place and and the politics within the church and the politics within the United States over the abortion issue. It is the one area where Pope Francis has held the line as far as church doctrine is concerned and has more or less said that politicians who don't abide by the church's teachings regarding abortion can be denied uh, the sacrament if the, you know, it's a little more nuanced than that because I think it's more um, if they're acting as proponents of abortion rights. And Mm -hmm. so you would think that the Pope would back what the archbishop in San Francisco has done. And I, and I, and I don't know that he hasn't. Backed him up, but at the same time, he has appointed a new uh, cardinal for the United States who is probably much more of a progressive than the United States church is likely. It doesn't really... It sent us a message, I guess, from what I read, that he would like the American church to be a bit more like the European church. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're probably to be described the american church i mean my view would probably be somewhere between the central america south american catholic church and the european church where the european church has become much much more liberal whereas okay. the that's right you have much more conservative uh, catholics in central and south america
1: that's right in africa too africa too right the bishops there are very conservative but uh the church is very there i was going to say this later but as long as we're talking about it uh, archbishop gregory in washington dc uh, has not ordered his uh priests or his bishops to uh, to follow that uh, that punishment and uh And Gregory, by the way, has been anti-Trump. He, he chewed Trump out publicly for going to a church when there were riots in Washington, D.C. and standing there, he accused Trump of having a photo op. And yet the the church had been led on fire by either Antifa or BLM. But uh, Gregory's a far leftist and he hasn't ordered his, in fact, in fact, uh, his secretary made a mistake sending a note, an email to a reporter. Uh, it was supposed to be private, but uh, that Gregory said, we have no comments uh, on this issue here. So it is uh, not all clergy agree with it. You're right. But anyway, Pelosi, plus her husband got arrested for DWI. Yeah, DWI uh, and and we know it was in the course of an accident early in the morning as this Porsche crashed into a Jeep. So uh, more trouble there. But uh, and then Pelosi's staff says, to reporters, this is a private family matter. We don't bring family into these things. Well, she's brought Trump's family into things. So it's kind of (laughs) a little, and then one more mailbag. Okay. Uh, It's been long known that uh, the welfare programs have hurt the black families uh, without fathers in the home, but you're called a racist if you bring that up. And that's seriously true in Chicago. With the with the chaos and the murders and uh, and fatherless homes and the illegitimacy, affecting white people too. But uh, so Joe sent this, uh, and uh, uh, going along with that, it's from Meripedia.org. The effects of family structure on crime, uh, and it's a long, complex article. But the evidence suggests. Uh, the heart of the explosion of crime in America in the ethnic communities is the lack of fathers in the home. But again, if you bring that up, it's uh, called prejudice and racism and everything else. But children not being cared for by a whole family. And there's been studies of it and how young children as early as four or five without a father in the home uh, have, have exhibited unusual aggression for that age. And violent crime has paralleled in the last 50 years with the rise of broken families Um, and scholars from the Heritage Foundation have uh, substantiated that and statistically uh, uh, endorsed uh, the premise and and the future criminal tends to be an individual rejected uh, in a broken home and by other children and uh, uh, so what do we do with these shooters and with criminals? Uh, Lots of causes, Andy, and that's the mailbag.
0: Well, that's pretty a serious uh, topic, especially in light of everything that happens in this world. I think, you know, my belief, I think it's common sense that a child's outcome is going to be far better with two loving parents. You have to put that qualifier in there. If, you know, one of the parents is abusive or absent, it doesn't really matter if the family's intact In fact, the family might do better if they jettison the abuser. But I think it would be pretty hard to argue that your chances of being a successful adult are greatly increased if you come from an intact, loving family. And that's become an issue across all ethnic or racial lines because of the percentage of, um, I guess, what we call non-traditional families. And I'm not families with one parent or absent, whatever it's increased across the entire country demographically over the last 30 to 40 years. And, um, I, I don't know how to remedy it, Tom. I mean, I, how do you put the genie back in the bottle?
1: Uh, it all started with Johnson's great society, which seemed to encourage uh, women who have children, uh, To be absent of the spouse to get more benefits
0: well but at the same time there was the you know there was a a noble reason for it you had women who were trapped with abusive men with no ability to escape that trap and this gave them an ability the idea was they could go out and get an education and get their job and receive the support while they were trying to rebuild their lives but you're right everything has a a, an unexpected consequence.
1: That's right. Well, it's complicated. And, uh, and, and of course, our tribute to the mothers who do seem to stay with the children more conscientiously and more dedicatedly yeah. than the men do. And so they that's a tough road to hoe and, and that they stand in to take care of their children uh, in tough
0: circumstances. Uh, they're, they're to be commended. Yeah, and there have been so many stories of strong adults who were raised in the single family homes it's uh as you like to say the complexities are immense yeah. in that situation uh we'll take our quick break we have got to keep things moving <laughs> along here because we only have a, a shorter program today because of minnesota twins baseball tom ostrom's here i'm andy brownell more of rochester today coming up next on Rochester's News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Cybersecurity technology protects critical system. It's Andy Brownell and Tom Ostrom on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome back to Rochester Today. Again, it's an abbreviated program because of Minnesota Twins baseball. Uh, 11.30, the pregame from Detroit, where the Twins play uh, the first pitch shortly after noon today, and then they play again this evening. Uh, 6 o'clock, the first pitch in the pregame at 5.30. But Tom Ostrom's here right now. <laughs> and uh, Tom, uh, what do you have for our more localized topics? Well, us?
1: we'll just mention that Minnesota U.S. Senator Tina Smith and Representative Omar uh, are criticizing the horrible events in Texas from every angle. But it's interesting to note that they spun, supported a bill to prohibit f- uh, funding for police in schools and so that's an issue now about how do you protect children uh, in that sense. Uh, and and uh, so we'll see that. And then on the uh, local election scene, Rochester mayor and two council members are facing election election challengers. Uh, this from Kim David, KROC.com news. Uh, mayor Norton will face two challengers in a reelection uh, and then two city council seats are being contested. Uh, uh, in that sense, with, And Sean Palmer ha- has a uh, has a challenger, and uh, uh, Almstead County board seats that are on the ballot are being contested. Greg Wright, for example, and some Rochester officials are are being their seat is being challenged, but they don't haven't chosen to run for office again unless that changes. And then Almstead County Attorney Mark. Ostrom, uh, O-S-T-R-E-M, is facing a challenge uh, from Karen McLaughlin. So, Kim uh, David covered uh, those those very interesting uh, and complicated events, and uh, that could change, I guess, uh, as we speak.
0: Yeah, in the next few hours, the filing deadline is 5 p.m. today for the election. That, concludes, uh, that includes all the state uh, legislative seats as well as... Um, first district Congress for the November election, which overlaps with this whole special election. <laughs> but the one thing uh, by time you didn't mention that uh, late on Friday, a member of the council, the, the longest serving member of the council currently, uh, Nick Campion announced a suspension of his reelection campaign, more or less saying he's not going to seek reelection after he initially filed for re-election but two other candidates have stepped forward to run for his current office and he apparently is satisfied uh that either one of those candidates and i say apparently because i'm not going to speak for him but i would think by his actions that's more or less what he's indicating after as many years on the council he's ready to step away and it's i think he's the last another um patrick keene was also on the council at the time but very few members of the current council, well, so was so Sean Palmer, I guess, yes, um, were there when they voted for their pay raises. Um, there's been quite a shift in the city government since that occurred. So it's interesting that on um, the city government side, you've seen such a changing of the guard and will continue to see, see that, at least in the Campion seat, but on the Olmstead County Board. Um, many of the members of the board have decided not to seek re-election and, and many of those commissioners have been there for many many years uh jim beer um ken brown um I, I i'm speaking off the top of my head i know i'm forgetting somebody else but that's where we're at and the filing deadline is 5 p.m today so we'll have an update on that the next time we talk and then and a business else, owner
1: well, a business owner who refused to comply with governor waltz's covid 19 executive orders uh, and her business uh, suffered greatly, and she was punished for it. Uh, uh, Larvita McFarquhar, owner of Havens Garden, is going to run as a Republican um, in District 15 against an incumbent, and uh, um, and uh, she's going to uh, run for the Minnesota Senate. So, okay. uh, fallout again from from COVID. That's Minnesota news.
0: All right. We have about five minutes remaining in the program, Tom. I'm interested to hear this kind of a complete switch of topic. We're close to home and now far, far away. Um, The Iranian situation uh, with the United States, where currently the United Nations and the U.S. under the Biden administration have been kind of working to reinstate the uh, nuclear agreement that was put together by the Obama administration but uh I read quite a bit that even the International Atomic Energy Agency is very, very skeptical of Tehran's claims of abiding by that agreement in the meantime and that there's plenty of evidence that they had misled the UN during the Obama administration and continue to mislead the international community today concerning their nuclear weapons programs.
1: What did you have on that topic? Okay. Well, Obama, yeah, Obama, Biden officials uh, were were really anti-Trump, and I think this is a violation of law. They worked with Iran. So did Kerry uh, to undermine Donald Trump during his administration, and even catered to Iran and made promises uh, that has to be pursued. But people need to be punished by what. Uh, Attorney General Barr said uh, he thinks Hillary committed sedition going after Trump. Well, this might be too. But Israel launched a drone attack on an Iranian military base too. There wasn't very far from uh, U.S. troops that are still uh, in in Iraq. Uh, So Iran is acting up again. But anyway, Israel launched a drone attack on a top secret Iran military base and hit their drones that that can do a lot of damage so iran is still a, an actor on the, on the stage doing uh, doing damage i think in international affairs
0: also international affairs the uh i guess what the fallout from president biden's statements about taiwan and the defense of taiwan continue to reverberate yeah uh
1: that he said uh they will we will aid taiwan if it's attacked and uh uh, the State Department wants ambiguity in such things. China's all upset. Some people say China's getting even more ready to attack Taiwan given the chaos uh, I- events in, in the Ukraine and uh, and Joe Biden's uh, situation. But uh, again, Biden said that and then it was walked back uh, in that sense. And uh, the Russians seem to be making progress uh, in the Donbass region and uh, And they've captured some more strategic territory. And Putin has changed uh, the rules so they can draft Russians uh, up to age forty. you know and and China and Russia have supported North Korea. Remember Putin, remember Biden was at an international conference. And when he left the conference to come home, North Korea shot off a few more missiles. And so the u n is concerned about that because North Korea has sanctions against it for doing such things. And China and Russia showing their stripes at the UN supported North Korea and and blocked the sanctions. Russia is on a permanent National Security Council seat and can do those things. So more active activity on the international scene as Russia and uh, and China team up. And uh, some people are concerned about that and said we should wean Russia away Uh, from china because it's a bad duo to be having them combined
0: well and i think i don't think it is a coincidence at all that the north koreans fired off those missiles it uh, serves it serves both the chinese and the russians well by distracting people from what's happening regarding taiwan and also the economic conference that was taking place as well Mm -hmm. as what's happening in ukraine and going back to the taiwanese thing it was also noted uh, by some, that Biden did not include Taiwan in his announcement concerning the economic pact regarding that region of the world in the West. That covers Australia, uh, Indo-Indonesia, uh, uh, Japan. I, I can't list off all of the Korea, North, South Korea, but Taiwan was not included in that. And a lot of international observers thought that was probably not, the wisest moved uh, that perhaps to advertise Taiwan's ties to the West economically would have been more productive than saying that U.S. forces would be committed if uh, the Chinese were to invade. But goodness gracious, Tom, I got to put the brakes on the show already. Twins Baseball is coming <laughs> okay. up in just a few seconds. We'll talk okay. again Thursday, right? Yes. I appreciate you sharing your time with us and we'll talk in a couple days here. On Rochester today on News Talk thirteen forty KROC AM and ninety six nine FM Minnesota